evening. Welcome once again to the Ned Cook Show. As you know, Ned has not missed a performance in the last 167 weeks. Ladies and gentlemen, Ned Cook. Hold on, hold on, hold on, sorry. It's, uh, it's just, uh, I, I think there's been uh, some mistake here. I'm the one who hasn't missed a performance in the last 167 weeks, actually. You know, with the randomizer. He's just bluffing. It's not possible. Well, I wouldn't have thought it possible either, but uh, here we are, and that's what we're doing. If that's okay with you, of course. It looks as if it's going to be all right, folks. Oh, well, thank you for being so understanding. First of all, we'll explain how this tremendous task is going to be performed. I think after 167 weeks, they've kind of got the idea by now, Ned. How's about you just press the old button there? Wait for it. She's moving. Yes, she's moving. That's it. This must be the most breathtaking moment I have ever experienced. Yes, it is quite a thrill, isn't it? And here comes the printout. Any minute now. And perhaps you'd like to give us some clues as to who is starring in this week's episode. No one knows who they are or where they come from. But come they do, and help they bring. Well, that sounds like... Ah, yes, it's Supercar today, although this week they're more concerned with helping themselves out of a jam. Here's Supercar, take one. I thank you, from the bottom of my heart. Oh, come on, it's hug time. Come on, Mr. Announcer, and, and, and Joe as well. Come on, come on, big Ned Cook Show hug. Oh, that's it. So, welcome back to Supercar on the Randomizer. Indeed, the final episode of the first season of the series, although I believe it wasn't shown that way. And uh, as it's the final episode... Laboratory. Having a wonderful rest and eating too many of my sister's marvelous Weiner Schneitzel. Take great care of Supercar. Sign, Professor Popkiss. Professor Popkiss is not here. Why a schnitzel, Dr. Beaker? Uh, I think, Jimmy... Uh, I will tell you when you are older. Which is a European dish. Yes, uh, I remember once when I was in Austria. Now, come on, Dr. Beaker. Let's keep on with this routine. Uh, presumably that's Aunt Heidi that they're referencing, who uh, later, it turned out, was living quite close by. So I don't know why... I guess they've gone on a family holiday together. I also like that um, the postcard is... The address on it is just... The Laboratory, Five, Black Rock, ten, Nevada. There must only be one. Thirteen. So, with uh, Popkiss away, 15, Beaker seems to be running the place uh, as much as he ever can. Charging two. Five. Nine. Twelve. And of course, we are currently so close to getting Supercar on Blu-ray. It's now only about a month or so away. Very exciting. Because it does look gorgeous in HD. Fire! Roger, fire two! Sounds it as well. Yeah. Well, how was that, Mike? I think old Popkiss can enjoy his holiday with the knowledge that the supercar team will carry on regardless. Uh, right, with Mike. With our endless testing of boosters and things. Uh, is that full boost vertical? There, Jimmy. All perfectly simple. Dr. Baker, you haven't opened the roof doors. Uh-oh. Oh, lots of, uh... <laughs> what looks like a corrugated cardboard has just fallen onto the set. Now who's a fool? Well, Jimmy, repair costs for that are coming out of your salary. Oh, wait, we don't pay you. Well, it can come out of your college fund. Doors? Yeah, there was quite a lot of painting to do on supercar as well. 
Talking of painting, I'm wondering if that shot of um, the hole in the, the lab roof was a painting there. Dr. Beaker, no one was hurt, and there's been no serious damage to the supercar. And the whole thing strikes me as kind of funny. Yeah, Dr. Beaker. Wait <laughs> That's Mike's attitude to everything around here. Everything that goes wrong is either just this weary sort of exhaustion, or it's kind of funny. He never really seems to get angry with anyone, which is nice. Chums, uh, not to mention this little incident to old Popkiss. Ooh, I just couldn't oh. bear it. So, um... That unrelated bit of business aside, we're now on to the story proper. Mike, it sounds as if he's wrecking the laboratory, and he won't let us in there. Oh, Jimmy, I think he's just opening that big crate that arrived this morning. I've been trying to guess what's inside, but it beats me. All right, gentlemen. Uh, you can come in now. Yes, this is another Beaker Gets a New Hobby episode, and it's one of the stronger ones, because he's got a lot of film equipment. Gee, Dr. Beaker... A real movie camera. So this is what all the secrecy's been about? Yes, Mike. Uh, modern scientists uh, use movie equipment to make permanent records of their experiments uh, for reference purposes, you understand. I see. So you're going to film all your experiments, is that it? Uh, precisely. Exactly. Say, Dr. Beaker, now we've got this equipment, couldn't we make a movie? Yeah, what did I tell you about talking, Jimmy? Probably not. This equipment is to be used for serious scientific work. But, Dr. Beaker... No, Jimmy. I said no. And I mean definitely no. Doodly, doodly, doodly. Ah, here we go. Mitch is on sound. <laughs> oh, quiet, please. Indeed, this is the very scene that you may have recently seen on the um, DVD and Blu-ray comparison videos that we put on the uh, YouTube channel. Uh, roll em. One... Take one. And I love how quickly Beaker has been sucked into the idea of making a movie about Supercar, to the extent that the people who came up with the idea, namely, well, that little squirt Jimmy, Action! and also Mike, are completely exhausted. Nine thousand. Wish they'd never bothered. Ten thousand. Fifteen thousand. Fire one. Cut! It's nice as well that they left Mitch on the uh, the sound recording equipment. He's doing quite a good job there, actually. Mike, but let's just take one more for luck. And they're going again. And the hours roll past. Oh my goodness, we're now at 11 o'clock. Half past nine at night. Roll em. Okay, Dr. Beaker. Scene one. Take 104. Mike's still sat at the controls of Supercar with that uh, same grin on his face. And this is a nice montage here as well of... Uh, Beaker getting shots of supercar. Again, in HD, the, the wires are, are quite visible on that thing, but I suspect they've always been very visible. And here's a nice piece of library music. I've often heard this piece being used on uh, other ITC shows as, like, circuses and, and so forth. So it does create a nice image of this whole movie production thing being a, a complete shambles. But one that Beaker thinks is uh, is a high and, and worthy endeavour. A nice just side glance between uh, Jimmy and Mike in the cab there of, oh my goodness, how much longer is this going to go on for? Interesting shot there of Supercar being flown with, uh, with no pilot. There is no pilot, Master Spy. But of course, we, we know they can control it from the laboratory. I don't know why they are. Now it's underwater filming time. Satisfactory. Most, most satisfactory. I don't know how a standard film camera would work underwater. There seems to be no uh, protection afforded to it there, but... Uh, a lot of filming in. 
I suggest we run it and see how it's coming along. Okay, Dr. Beaker. I'll go and lace up the projector. I can hardly... Needless to say... I, I find this most exciting. Mitch is, uh, is helping himself to a huge pile of Boy, film. Dr. Beaker, you'll be filming in Hollywood. Oh, yes, that's right. And when I do, you're not invited. And now, folks, you are about to see the latest epic from Supercar Studios in Black Rock, starring the one and only Mike Mercury. He's still excited. After all the hours he's put into this thing. Lights out. But... Very quiet, Jimmy. This is going to be very exciting. In fact, don't say anything else ever again for as long as you live. I don't remember you filming that. Oh. Curious. Most curious. Footage of a uh, Navy ship at sea. I don't get it, Dr. Beaker. You were always pointing the camera at us. How come you get ships at sea? I, 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 I don't understand, Jimmy. I just don't understand. Hey, hold on. There's something on the soundtrack. Here we have the only drawing that we have been able to obtain so far a nuclear unit. American Marine Nuclear Power Unit. Our agents are continuing their efforts to get further information, and this will be sent to you as soon as it is obtained. Oh, I just spotted a piece of dust float past. It's been delivered to us by mistake. A piece of ancient dust. And it's obviously film made by foreign agents. You mean spies? We'll have to find out who these people are, Beaker. This information is top secret, and if it got into the wrong hands, it could mean disaster for the U.S. Navy. Oh, no. So that's taken a, a, a very uh, suddenly serious turn. Satellite Film Productions, 34 East 25th Street, New York. Why, Dr. Beaker, these are the people who develop and print our film for us. <gasps> of course. The business they're in. Yes, Mike. It came I back by mistake. Filming American top secrets and selling them to foreign governments. Yeah, but why did they send the film to us? Oh, it was obviously a mistake, you little twerp. And a very serious one for them. Gee, Dr. Beaker, it's just like a movie. Yes, but not one you are going to star in. Now what's he up to, Mike? I don't know, Jimmy. Says he's preparing for his trip to New York. What's the plan, Mike? Well, Dr. Beaker is going to take the film back to Satellite Films, Incorporated. And tell him it was delivered to us by mistake. I get it. Which it was. Make out he hasn't looked at the film and doesn't know anything about it. That's right, Jimmy. In that way, he might find out more about the spy ring that's operating from there. <clears throat> this is a lovely idea for a story and one that seems so, uh, so light-hearted at first, suddenly taking this serious turn. For the city, Jimmy. And for the occasion. Yep, Beaker is now dressed up as a English gentleman. He's got his uh, his bowler hat and his umbrella. Very much a prototype John Steed, in fact, before Steed was uh, even dressing like that. Aren't they, Mike? Yes, Dr. Beaker. Uh, right then. Uh, charging both. Right. Which is something I don't feel the character gets uh, enough credit for at this point in the series, without Popkiss around for this episode, and I think there was one more episode that he wasn't around for. You do get the feeling of um, the, the Woodhouse Brothers' conception of... The Beaker Show, uh, which which was what they wanted to make originally. Oh. What is it, Mitch? <laughs> oh, <laughs> yes. Oh, roof doors, of course. Not a word to Mike about this, Mitch. <laughs> See, there we go. Mitch, Mitch is helpful, pointing out the uh, the mistake. Obviously, uh, Jimmy didn't have the words to uh, to tell him that earlier. 
I like that actually um, Beaker and Mitch have a, a really nice working relationship. And of course, with no pop kiss, we finally have an episode where the whole supercar team is off on a mission and Mitch is not stuffed in the trunk. He can actually ride along in the back seat, which is nice for him. Because again, I can't believe there's much room in that trunk. Poor old Mitch. I've always said they should just put Jimmy in there instead. Dr. Beaker, when we get to New York, I'm going to land on the roof of Satellite Office Block. Uh, well, Mike, I, I suppose that's one way of solving the parking problem. Yeah, but I've got other reasons. I want to be around when you take that film into their office. And it cuts down on having to create a uh, city set. Well, I make it, um, we should be over the city now. Let's take a look, then. Ooh. Right again, Doc. Some very ropey stock footage, possibly upside down. Folks, here we go. And a suddenly flocked shot of the supercar crew. Yeah, that was definitely upside down. How strange. It also looked very ropey compared to the uh, surrounding footage. Anyway, supercar is now landing on the roof of the Satellite Films building, which I believe is... Uh, Something they used to do a lot, they would just land on top of buildings and it would always be the same building with this, uh... First time I've ever been to New York. I'm landing like this, too. Oh, I'm sure we could leave you here if you like, Jimmy. Yeah, they would always land in front of the same, uh, background photo of New York. I'll come and get you. Oh, don't worry, Mike. I've got everything organized. Uh, now, where's my umbrella? Umbrella? But, Dr. Beaker, it isn't even raining. The trouble with you Americans is you're too practical. It's simply a question of being correctly dressed. Well, everyone else waits on the roof. Yes, Herman. I have just traced the missing reel of film. It has our label on it. And I am hoping it will be returned to us. And if it is not? Then we will have to take steps to make sure it is. I understand, Herman. Um... Uh, satellite uh, films, I believe, madam. That is correct. Oh, I have a reel of film belonging to you. It was sent by mistake. How very kind of you to return it, Mr... Uh, Beaker. Uh, Dr. Beaker. And this very sinister-sounding secretary also looks quite sinister. I mean, for a supercar puppet, she looks quite glam. I wouldn't dream of looking at somebody else's film. When I... But the voice and the uh, the slightly unsettling look of the puppet, she's got a very big head. They kind of work quite well together, whereas the... Um, her boss, Mr. Herman Grzynski, is a fairly standard supercar puppet who doesn't look too bad, to be fair. I would like to thank Dr. Beaker personally. I'll in a moment. Meanwhile... Extend our usual hospitality. I understand, Mr. Grudensky. Perhaps you would care to take a seat, Dr. Beaker? No, 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 Dr. Beaker. Not that one. Over there. That one is so much more comfortable. The comfy chair? Oh, thank you, madam. You are most kind. But of course, it's a special trick chair. Are you quite comfortable there, Dr. Beaker? Oh, quite. Oh, quite comfortable. I am so glad, Dr. Beaker. <laughs> uh, 
Oh, the secretary has a control panel on her desk with buttons one, two, and trap. I also really like that around the walls of her office you can see photos of uh, AP Films crew members. Uh, um, there's uh, Roger Woodburn and uh, Mary Turner, and uh, I think there's one of a couple of puppeteers up on a gantry. I'm getting worried about Dr. Beaker. He's been gone a long time. Yeah, I make it 35 minutes. <laughs> Jimmy, you stay here. I'm going to investigate. Oh, can't you take Mitch? With him. I tell you what, though. You can get out a supercar and play around on the roof for a while. But don't fall off. <laughs> yeah, okay. That's, um... Hmm. Well, Beaker has now found himself in a, uh... A cellar? Interesting. With a load of filing cabinets marked spy. It's of an international spy ring. Ooh, how exciting. Like, I expect he'll shoot down at any moment. <laughs> oh, I'm going to die. Good afternoon, ma'am. I'm looking for a friend of mine, a Dr. Beaker. Dr. Beaker? Yeah, yeah. Uh, bowler hat, rolled umbrella, all that jazz. Oh, yes. You say he's a friend of yours? Yep, that's right. Oh, yes, sir. He is just talking with Mr. Krasinski. Please sit down and make yourself comfortable. No, 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 please, sir. Not that one. Over there. It is more comfortable. Gee, uh, thanks a lot. How many people have they disposed of in this way? She's chuckling before Mike's even sat down. One day. This is too wonderful. I don't get it. You will. Whoa! Mike's head looked like it was about to fall off there. It estimated that you would be here exactly seven minutes ago. And Beaker's very casually leaning against the violin cabinet. In a room, Mike, with no window. Still with his umbrella and bowler hat. In fact, Mike, we have fallen into a perfect trap. Sure. We have two now. I will deal with them in the usual manner. While I'm doing this, prepare the film to be delivered to us. What is the usual manner, I want to know? Uh, Dr. Beaker. I know what's about to happen next, but I don't know what would happen to the bodies afterwards. Do you see a valve on the wall of the room you're in? Uh, yes, uh, I see it. Then watch closely, Dr. Beaker. Oh, there's an obmarked gas. It's about to be settled, Dr. Beaker. Mike! <laughs> I... gas! Of all the fiendish things! <gasps> I... I have a little scheme, Mike. I'm glad to hear it, Doc, because for once I haven't. You, are you could always block the uh, gas nozzle. Where are bowler hats? Beaker... You put your finger over the nozzle or something, it's not that big. Beaker to supercar. Over. Hello, Dr. Beaker. This is Jimmy. I can hear you, but it sounds like... Well, I don't know. Sounds like you're talking through your hat. <laughs> yes, actually, Jimmy. I... Shut up, you little twerp. I wouldn't call you for help unless it was absolutely vital. Go to the emergency channel and call the police. Tell them to come straight away to this building. Okay, Dr. Baker, I'll do that. Once I've rescued Mitch. Just do as I say, Jimmy. We are in a little bit of a hurry. You can say that again, Doc. I don't know about you, but this gas is beginning to get me. Put your finger over the nozzle. It's not that big. I doubt, Mike. Now, <coughs> where did I put my umbrella? Oh, no. The 
time like this, he's worried about his umbrella. Mr. Brudensky's just uh, not listening to any of this at this point. Valuable piece of equipment. He, he gasses people and then presumably has to dispose of the bodies, which is quite dark for a supercar episode. But this, my dear fellow, <coughs> is a very special umbrella. Ooh. Watch. <laughs> Good for you, Doc. Satisfactory. Most satisfactory. Yep, he's drilling through the lock with his umbrella. It's a very, very uh, well produced uh, pose from the puppet there as he's pressing the drill against the, the lock. And again, it's a very sort of John Steed kind of thing before that was even a thing of having weapons and concealed gadgets in his umbrella. Now, I have one or two things to attend to, and then we will leave and deliver our secret film to the foreign government. Which pays us the most money. <laughs> and in a Generic foreigners pay the best money. We'll have done its job on our meddling friends. Dr. Beaker and Mike Mercury will be no more. <laughs> hmm. Hurry, Doc. We can't last out much longer. <laughs> It's the world's slowest working gas, but again, that nozzle could just be covered. It's going to present a serious problem. Oh. A mink coat? Oh, no, 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 no. Everyone has mink coats these days. And who should arrive in the office now? Here he is. The backup crew. I loved, I love Mitch. I know I probably shouldn't, but I especially love Mitch when he is in an uncontrollable rage. Go away. I am so frightened. <laughs> Herman, come back quickly. It's an escaped gorilla. And Mitch has maneuvered her onto the, uh, the trick chair. Never mind that. One thing for sure, you won't. Not where you're going. Yeah, and furthermore. If you want our friend to calm down, please don't refer to him as a gorilla. He is a chimpanzee, madam. And a very <laughs> Mitch is shaking his fists in barely controlled frustration. Found out. Okay. Uh, I also like that Mike and Beaker look quite sweaty here from their ordeal. He will be back soon. Okay, then we'll wait for him. Aha. Uh -huh. We'll wait for the criminal mastermind. I always make it a practice, Mr. Mercury, Ooh. not to keep people waiting. However, this time it is unavoidable. In a little while, our agent will be arriving, and then you will be coming with us. It'd be a nice twist if uh, Popkiss was the agent, giving him a reason for not being in the story, other than uh, George Marcel being busy with other work. Again. If only the police would arrive. Or you could do something. I must go down and show him the way. Because the police can't do anything without me. I can hear their sirens now. It's a pity you did that, Mike Mercury. Because you have signed your own death warrant. You see, Mike Mercury, we have a secret exit from the building. Yeah, now they're both on the trapdoor. But Mitch, in his infinite wisdom, I would have liked to have shown it to you. Has spotted the controls. Goodbye, my friends. <laughs> Good show, Mitch! It Although interestingly, the prop that Mitch jumped on had buttons 1, 2, and 3 rather than 1, 2, and trap. Yes, Jimmy, we're okay. But he sent them down to the gas-filled basement. Stay here, Mike. 
They're on their way out now. Good boy, Jimmy. They're just in time to take our two friends away. Assuming they haven't escaped through the door that we removed the lock of. So, back home. And uh, as this is the, the final episode of the first series, maybe they felt there, there probably weren't going to be any more, so there's a couple of bits of uh, rather indulgent stock footage in this episode, but I kind of accept it. It's quite, it's quite sweet. Anyway, we're now here to watch the film of the supercar team. And now, ladies and gentlemen, I would like to tell you all about supercar. Well, it's also upside down. Now who's a fool? Ah, and on that note, we end Supercar Take One, which has always been one of my favourite episodes of the show. I think it's uh, a favourite for a lot of people, really. If this was the, the note on which the series was to end on forever, then uh, it's a pretty strong one to go out on. Again, it's the show dealing with fairly big ideas of this, uh, this international spy ring, but the way... Oh, story by Jerry and Sylvia Anderson. Uh, was this one they wrote, or is that one they've... Uh, just taking the credit on anyway yeah um, a, a fairly big idea realized within the the fairly narrow uh, confines of the show's format but it always works very well any uh, episode focusing on on beaker and his uh, latest hobby is uh, always enjoyable it's nice to see the show sort of focusing on its own uh, it, on itself at the end its own glories its own success and uh, if this was to be the end it was uh, a jolly good last romp